Welcome to worship. We're so glad you're here with us today. Wherever you're worshiping from, thanks for joining us. I'm Sheila and I'll be your host for this online worship experience. If this is your first time joining us, we have a special gift we'd like to send to you. Check in with us and we'll send you a virtual Starbucks gift card. The brew is on us. Today is week five of our series, The Sermon on the Mount. Pastor Spencer has a great message for all of us. If you'd like to go deeper, you'll find sermon discussion questions and more online at schweitzer.church next. Next up, we have Stephanie here to share with us some announcements and tell us what's going on here at Schweitzer Church. Hi, welcome to Schweitzer. I'm Stephanie. Things around Schweitzer are not slowing down this summer, and we have lots of great ways for you to stay connected. Here are a couple of great things coming up. On Thursday, July 7th at 1130, our next second season luncheon will be happening for folks age 55 and up. At this session, we'll be having a panel of people talking about how they stay fit and active. This is a great opportunity to invite your friends to join you as well. So sign yourself up and a friend and learn more at schweitzer.church slash second season. Save the date. Coming up on August 21st at 5 p.m., we are headed to the Finley River for an afternoon of river baptisms and a church picnic. If someone in your family is ready to take that next step in faith, please let us know. This is a great opportunity to take that next step of faith in a memorable setting surrounded by family and friends. Find out more and sign up at schweitzer.church next or talk with one of our pastors. On Saturday, July 9th, our men's breakfast is happening here on campus. Here's Pat to tell you more about it. Hey guys, this is Pat Zimmer. Say, I'm excited to tell you about an upcoming guys breakfast that we have on Saturday, July 9th from eight till nine in the morning. Yeah, we'll have great food and a good time for us all to talk and to get to know each other. And I'm also excited to let you know that John Ashcroft, former Missouri governor and attorney general of the United States will be our guest speaker. John will share some of his experience from the past as well as describe what it's like to lead by faith in the highest levels of government. So bring your friends and your neighbors, your sons and your grandsons, your dads and your grandpas. I'm gonna be bringing my son, Sam, and I'll look forward to seeing you there. Thanks, Pat. Guys, let us know that you're planning to attend by signing up at schweitzer.church next or at the Blue Booth this morning. One last thing. Next weekend is 4th of July weekend, and we will have our normal online and in-person services at the normal times, but we will not have kids worship or classes that Sunday. We will have activity kits for the kids, and we invite you to have your whole family attend worship with you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's continue with worship. Thanks, Stephanie. If you're worshiping with us live today, we invite you to join in the chat. Say hello to your friends, give us your insights. And if you'd like prayer, we have that for you as well. And now let's continue in worship.
As we come to this time of prayer, I invite you just to take a moment to focus and breathe and relax as we talk to God. We spend so much time in turmoil in our lives 
And this is a time we can refocus. Let's pray. God, it has been a busy week. It's been hectic. The news is never good. And it sometimes becomes overwhelming to us. So God, we pray for peace. We pray for peace in our hearts. We pray for peace in our homes, in our relationships, in our workplace, and in the world. God, make us the instruments of your peace. Fill us with your kind words, with your kind gestures. Help us to point the direction you would have us to go so that we can share your love and your good news with others. God, we thank you for your power and we give you the glory. We thank you for the peace that you provide that passes all understanding. And now we want to pray together the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we leave this time of prayer, I want to let you know about a prayer that has been answered here at Schweitzer. We've been praying for just the right person to come and lead us in our small groups and our first impressions ministry. We've found that person and it's my joy to introduce you to Corey Lucivo, our new Director of Connections. Hi, I'm Corey Lucivo. I'm the new Director of Connections here at Schweitzer. I uh, wanted to tell you a little bit about myself. I have grown up in the church. I was uh, had strong Christian parents. I spent my whole life in the church. Um, uh, from a young age, I was um, playing on worship teams and on Sunday mornings and in youth groups. Um, but I really uh, began to understand who God was um, when I when I was ten. Um, my my mother died of breast cancer, um, and it was through that process of being being broken and formed, uh, that God began to really reveal to me, not just that uh, he cared about me and loved me, um, but also that he had a plan for me and a, and a purpose for my life. Um, over the next couple years, um, I, I grew closer to God and, and tried to, to learn more about my faith. Um, and, a, and a few years later, I spent three and a half months in the country of Belize with my family. And it was during that time away from home um, that God began to uh, instill in me a call to ministry, uh, began to reveal that I was, uh, that he, he, was, he was calling me to, um, to the church. 
I decided to attend a Christian college at Indiana Wesleyan University. I attended there for both my bachelor's and master's degrees um, in ministry. And uh, through that process, God really clarified that call to ministry. And having, having graduated this past December, I know that I am uh, deeply passionate about, about discipleship, about helping people discover who God has called them to be, and also about connections, about um, helping people connect uh, both to God and with each other. I believe uh, strongly that God has gifted every person with unique talents and gifts and that he has called them to something great. And I want to help people connect um, with what that uh, purpose is that God has called them to. I got married to my wife, Jenny, in August of 2020. Um, so I've almost been married for two years now. Uh, in our free time, we love to play board games and uh, go hiking and exploring together. And if I was a character from a TV show, I would say I am Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. If you're looking for more information or looking to get connected here at Schweitzer, I would love to talk to you. You can find me out in the lobby or you can email me at corey at schweitzer.church. Once again, I am so glad to be here and I'm looking forward to getting to know each and every one of you. We are so excited to have Corey here with us. We know that he's going to be a great leader in our connections ministry and small groups. And it's your generosity that makes these things possible. Thank you so much for your prayer support and your financial support of our church and its ministries. We invite you to give online at schweitzer.church give. And now let's continue in worship and dig into week five of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the meek, the poor in spirit, the peacemakers, the persecuted. Seek God's kingdom, care for widows, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, give, pray, fast. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Well, friends, welcome today. My name is Spencer. So glad that you're here with us. Uh, today's obviously looks a little bit different. I'm not in the sanctuary. I'm in my house, so welcome to my home. And I'm, I'm here because uh, this week I had a positive COVID test. And so this is the first time in two years we've had to do a sermon like this, but, you know, it is what it is. And so... Here we are. This is part five of our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. And so if you have your Bibles, we're in Matthew chapter five, as we read what it is that Jesus teaches us here. The Sermon on the Mount is an incredibly influential and important teaching that Jesus gives it's in Matthew five, six, and seven. And we're taking our time as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we're, we started this Memorial Day weekend. We're going to end this Labor Day weekend all summer long. We're walking through this incredibly important teaching that Jesus has, where the big idea of the teaching is this. What is life like? In the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is explaining to us is what is life like in the kingdom of God? And what we've seen over and over and over again is that what life is like in the kingdom of God is that life is this righteousness, this right living that comes from the inside, our hearts. Jesus isn't just interested in our outward religious behavior. He's really interested in what happens 
to us on the inside, our minds, our hearts, our ambitions, our drive, who we are, what drives us on the inside. That's really what Jesus wants to, to, to deal with in our life. And so the word that we've used a lot is the word transformation, that Jesus wants to transform us deeply inside of us. Now we turned, last week we turned um, to a new section of the sermon where Jesus gives us five practical examples of what life looks like in the kingdom of God. Last week, Jason led us, and we looked at the first one of these examples, because what Jesus does in these five practical examples is he looks at life, uh, looks at an Old Testament commandment, and looks at life through that lens to say, this is what a kingdom of God kind of life looks like. And so last week, the commandment was do not murder. But because Jesus isn't just interested in our outward behavior, he talks about our hearts. And so he talks about things like anger and contempt. He talks about the links that we should go to for reconciliation because he's really interested in our hearts. And today is the same way. Jesus is going to take an Old Testament commandment and then he's going to unpack this to talk about really the source of our behavior and, and what it is that we cultivate inside of us because this really leads to that. And just want to give you a heads up. The Old Testament commandment we're looking at today is do not commit adultery. So just want you to be aware of this because today we'll be a little bit more grown up than normal. So if you have uh, small kids with you, you might want to be aware of that. And just to give you a heads up as well, that today we're going to talk about more grown-up things, and that can be uncomfortable as we're going to talk about sex. I mean, who wants to talk about sex in church? Who wants to hear the preacher talk about sex? Not not like the most comfortable thing to talk about. It sounds, feels a little bit like you're listening to your mom talk about sex when you hear the preacher do that, but we're going to go down this road because this is where Jesus leads us. Jesus and following Jesus is about real life, and this is real life, and so let's hear what Jesus um, has to teach us. And so Matthew chapter five, we're starting in verse 27, picking up right where we left off last week. Here's what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Now, I, I love this because last week and this week um, are two 10 commandments. Now, there's five practical examples that Jesus gives in this section of the sermon, but these first two come from the 10 commandments. The next three do not, but these first two do. And I love that it's these two of the Ten Commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery. And I love that because these have to be the most crystal clear of the Ten Commandments. Like, there's no question. Did you break this one or not? Like, you, you know if you did. It's, it's really crystal clear. Not some of the other Ten Commandments. You may wonder, like, did I keep the Sabbath? Do I have any other gods before the Lord? You know, even maybe those some of the more straightforward ones, like do not steal, do not bear false witness. You know, there's all kinds of ways we justify taking things that aren't ours or or speaking things that aren't truthful. But when it comes to do not murder, do not commit adultery, this is crystal clear. Now there's all kinds of ways we may justify committing adultery, but we know that we've done it. It's crystal clear. That is until what Jesus says next. So you've heard that it said, you shall not uh, commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, what we've seen in the Sermon on the Mount is that it's this continual question, this teaching on what is life like in the kingdom of God. And what we've seen and what we see again today is that what Jesus is really concerned about is not just our outward behavior, but he's really concerned about our hearts. Because here's something that people who live in the kingdom of God, here's something that they know. They know that our actions don't come from nowhere. Our actions come from somewhere. There's a source. There are things that we have to pay attention to that really lead us and cultivate and develop the outward actions that we live into. And we need to say that because sometimes I feel like 
the way people talk and what I see, what we, what we live in, is that sometimes we just think that we are victims of our actions. When in reality, what Jesus teaches us here is, no, 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 our actions come from somewhere. Now, in my work as a pastor, I can't tell you how many couples I've sat with who have dealt with the aftermath of an affair. I, I, I can't tell you how many times in those conversations I've heard people say things like, I don't know how this happened, or I didn't want this to happen, or the classic line, you know, one thing just led to another. So if there was this snowball of activity that I didn't cause, but then caused to me, and, and then, you know, we ended up with this affair. But the truth is that, that our actions, they come from somewhere. It may not be that you were intentionally trying to cross that boundary, but, but our actions come from somewhere. I've heard it said like this before. No one wakes up in the morning thinking to themselves, you know what? Today is the day that I'm going to wreck my life by having an affair. And yet, this is a path that so many people walk down. And it's because while we may not be intentionally seeking to cross those boundaries, those actions, they come from a source of what it is that we have cultivated inside of us. And that's really what Jesus is getting at here with his teaching on adultery is what is it that you are cultivating inside you? Now, the way Jesus says it, he says it like this, that whoever looks at a person lustfully has already committed adultery in their hearts. Now, another way to say that in a way that's maybe a bit more accurate to the original Greek is to say that whoever looks at a person for the purpose of lust has already committed adultery in their hearts. And that word purpose is really important. The purpose of lust, the, the thing that you've cultivated, the desire that you've fed and that you've tended to, and that, and that as you've fed it, it has grown in your life. That's what we have to pay attention to. And let's be honest. There's all kinds of ways that we cultivate and feed these desires within us. There's obvious ways from the prolonged gaze to maybe the, the easy access online porn that has trapped so many people that as they use this, it just cultivates and feeds this lust more and more in their life. There's also um, maybe less obvious ways. I mean, I think about how we just live in a sexualized culture where there's all this content that's always coming at us that is sexualized in nature. I mean, recently I heard a woman tell this story about how she developed an addiction to romance novels. <laughs> I, I laughed the first time I heard that because it still sounds kind of silly to say that out loud. But as she talked about this, she talked about her reading habits and how what they she discovered and what they were doing was they were they were feeding this thing inside of her who was not who she wanted to be. Or I think about maybe some subtle way, even more subtle ways that we sometimes cultivate and feed these desires within us. Maybe not even sexual in nature. I mean, I think about, for instance, um, a husband or a wife who begins to have thoughts that linger on another person. Maybe not even sexual in nature, but the kind of thoughts where we just want greater and greater intimacy with that other person. Or maybe uh, someone who's single and they don't follow biblical boundaries in their relationships you got to wonder what happens to us as we cultivate this within us and we feed these desires within us. What, what happens to us is, well, all of that cultivation, it, it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. Now, it may not seem obvious to us of that because this is not the way our culture talks. I mean, our culture is not one that celebrates you know, sexual restraint. But the truth is that when you have cultivated these desires within you, you've fed them and tended to them, they're going to come at a cost. I mean, I think about just, you know, for instance, let's talk about online porn. 
Now, this is a thing that if you if you think about it, you listen to people in our culture talk about online porn. This is a thing that you know everyone does. It's how it's talked about, and so therefore, you know, it's not really a problem. It's not hurting anybody. But there's more and more research that is showing that there's a direct correlation towards porn consumption to relationship dissatisfaction. So here's a great way to kill your marriage: watch porn. Or there's a correlation that's been shown in research between porn and uh, increased anxiety and depression. So you want to have bad mental health. Well, here's a great way to do that. Watch a lot of porn. Or, or you think about just the, the impact, not just to yourself, but to others when, when you uh, it, cultivate this within you. And you think about just the numbers of, of women who are trafficked into becoming performers. And you think about the, the impact this has um, just through our own our own consumption of, of this, there's there's a, there's real costs that happen when we consume and we cultivate when we go down this road of 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 tending to these desires within us without thinking about that these come at a cost. And of course, the Bible has warned us about this. I think about the really clear teaching we read in places like the Proverbs. I mean, listen to what the Proverbs teaches us about the cost that comes to cultivating these desires within us. Proverbs chapter five verse eight says this. Keep to a path far from her. Her here is adultery. Keep to a path far from adultery. Do not go near the door of her house. Lest, here's the cost, you'll lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. Here's another example. Proverbs 6, 27. I think this is so smart. It says this, can a a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? Or Proverbs 6, 22, listen to this cost that's here. All at once, he followed her that is adultery, like an ox going to slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird dragging into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. And then there's a spiritual cost. In the book of Galatians, Paul talks about the spiritual cost. This is what, what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and he lists several others. And then he says this, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The cost of cultivating lust within you is that you'll be separated from God, a relationship with him. Because it's sin, it separates us from what God wants in our lives. So what do we do about this? How do we... How do we live free? How do we live the kingdom of God kind of life when it comes to the the sexual desires and the sexual culture that we live in? Well, thankfully, Jesus gives us some really strong teaching. Let's listen to what Jesus teaches one more time. Matthew chapter five, verse 27 through 30. Here's what he says. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully or for the purpose of lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to stumble, listen, listen, listen. Ready? What do you do? Cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, is Jesus serious? Well, on one hand, yes, he is serious. And on the other hand, No, quite obviously he's not serious, but he is serious in that 
This is a serious matter. I mean, Jesus takes this serious because this is a serious matter. But obviously he's not serious. This is hyperbole where you make a point that's over the top in order to get your point across. But his point across is is really clear that you need to take this seriously because this will destroy you. So let's get practical about this and and, and, and understand how, how how do we live in freedom Especially thinking about the culture that we live in, the ease of of sexual content that's out there. What it is that we're cultivating within us? How do we live in freedom? How do we live a a kingdom of God kind of life? Let's let's think through this practically. You know what? This is actually a conversation I've had with lots of people in my work. And so, you know, if we were to sit down over a a cup of coffee and to talk through this, if you were struggling with this, and I know that there are people who are listening today who are struggling through this, um, I want to offer you some pastoral advice that, that I would give to anybody just over a cup of coffee if you wanted to talk through this. And my pastoral advice is not complicated. It's simple. It's really just two points that I want to offer to you. That if this is something that you're struggling with, um, I want you to pay attention to it and listen to it because I know that there are people today who are listening to this who are on the edge of an affair and you need to take this seriously. There are others of you who are caught up in online porn. And again, you need to take this seriously. There's others of you who maybe have a Uh, sexual relationships that do not honor the Lord and you need to take this seriously. So what kind of pastoral advice would I offer to really to any of us as we think about what is we're cultivating in our hearts? I want to offer you two things here on a very practical level about how to find freedom. And the first thing I would offer you is this. When it comes to sin, you have to run away. Run away from sin. Don't walk, run. Run away from sin. I mean, we have to understand that there is a war that is being waged for our lives. First Peter says it like this. First Peter chapter two says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires. And then listen, 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 which wage war against your soul. There are desires that our culture is going to say are good and healthy and normal that actually are waging war against our soul. They will lead us into a path where there is real cost, where there are things that really come to affect us, and that we start to cultivate these desires that lead us away from the kingdom of God kind of life and lead us into a life that we don't actually want to live. And so we have to understand that this is serious. I mean, this is why Jesus talks about cutting off your hand and gouging out your eye. This is not something to just set aside and to think this is someone else's problem. This is not really my temptation. No, it is. All of us have to take this seriously. This is why Jesus takes it so seriously. And maybe this sounds harsh to say it like this, that, you know, we cut off our hands and gouge out our eyes. But you know what? This is the cost of freedom. And we have to do whatever it takes in order to find freedom so that we can cultivate the right kinds of things in our life. And if you think about it, this is what anybody does who's searching for freedom in their life. I mean, I think about people who are going through recovery. If you know people who are in recovery, you know that they will go to extreme lengths to find freedom from the thing that's bound them for so long. I mean, I think about people who, um, friends of mine, who, who have been in recovery from alcohol. And for them, they cannot be around alcohol. I know people who won't keep any alcohol in their home. They try not to go to events where there will be alcohol served. And, and you know, someone without an alcohol addiction, they might think to themselves, what, is, you know, what does one beer matter? It's just a beer. But to but this person with, with an addiction, it's like, no, 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 I have to be really diligent about this. And I want to make sure that I, I don't get trapped or stumble into this into this in any, any kind of way. Now, other people may not take that as strictly, but for those people, especially maybe early on in their recovery, for them, it's like, 
cutting off the hand and gouging out the eye. I got to do whatever it takes in order to find freedom. And so the first thing I'd, I'd offer you to you is, is, is this, that if you are caught up in, in sexual sin, listen, 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 you've got to run away. Run away from sin. Don't walk, run. Don't, don't think that's no big deal. Don't think oh, that's what everyone does. Don't think this is not a problem. No, 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 no. This is something that will destroy you. You have to find freedom. I have known people who are caught up in online porn who get rid of their cell phones. That might be an extreme example of getting rid of a smartphone, but this is what someone does when they cut off their hand, gouge out their eye, they're gonna take extreme measures. People who have broken up relationships, people who understand that they can't stay connected to the same people if they wanna live a different kind of life, this is what we have to do. We have to run away from sin. Don't walk, run away from sin. But at the same time, I'd also offer you this. Um, running away from sin is not really the end of it all. Because as well, and you think about the Sermon on the Mount, the big picture of the Sermon on the Mount, it's not so much that Jesus just wants us to restrain our sinful behavior. He really wants to change our hearts. He wants to change our lives and our desires and who we are deep down inside of us that we live a different kind of life altogether. And so while I would say, yes, absolutely, you should run away from sin, you also have to run towards the Lord. You gotta run towards the Lord. Galatians chapter five or 16 says it like this. Paul says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There is something that happens when you develop intimacy with God, where your life begins to change at a fundamental level on the inside. Your desires begin to change. Your heart begins to change. Your, your thought patterns begin to change. What it is that you have appetites for, it begins to change. Your cravings begin to change as you discover something that is so much better and more fulfilling than what you had before. I think about it like this. There was a time in my life where I couldn't imagine better food than a Happy Meal. I couldn't. I was a kid. I didn't know any better. Right, and if it was my birthday and we got to go out to eat as a family, where do I wanna go? I wanna go get a Happy Meal. It's like the best thing I could possibly imagine. But then I grew up, I matured, I discovered that there's actually good food out there. And so now if it's my birthday and we get to go out to eat as a family, I'm not gonna go get a Happy Meal. No, 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 I've discovered something that is so much better than this. My appetites have changed as I've matured and so is it with the spirit that as I mature in the Holy Spirit, what happens is my appetites begin to change. And it's not, I don't want that cheap fast food uh, substitute for food anymore. I want something that is rich. I want something that is filling. I want something that is delicious, something that actually makes me uh, full. This is what I want at this point. I've, I have different kinds of appetites and cravings. And this is what happens to us as we mature in Christ is that our appetites begin to change. Now this doesn't happen all of a sudden. Transformation isn't immediate. It takes time. We take steps forward. We take steps backwards. We, we sometimes have victories and then we have losses. But the point is we want to keep moving towards the Lord. And so today, um, I, I know that there will be people who are watching this who have some struggles with the areas we've talked about today. There will be people who have been cultivating some, some wrong relationships there's some of us who've been cultivating maybe some lust inside of us. There's some of us who are addicted to online porn and, and we need to deal with this. And so, and so maybe the way that we need to deal with this is we need to take some action. Maybe it's some runaway kind of action. We need to 
cut off some hands and gouge off some eyes, not literally, of course, but we need to, to restrain maybe temptation or access to temptation. We need to confess to somebody else, be accountable. Uh, we need to take some action in order to be free. Or, or, or maybe, you know, there's some running towards the Lord kind of action that we need to take. Because if, we, if we're honest, we understand that we've not really been tending to the relationship with the Lord that's actually going to change us. That we need to tend to the, to the spirit that's within us that the Lord has given us. And we need to tend to this fire that, that this is what's actually going to begin to change us. So no matter what kind of action you may need to take today, I also, I also want to just offer you this final word. That for whoever it is that, that may have uh, struggles in these areas we talked about today, I just I want to offer you this. Um, the grace and the mercy of God is always available to you. Nothing in all of creation, including our sin and temptations, will ever separate us from the love of God. So no matter where it is we've fallen short, we can always bring this to the Lord and expect to find forgiveness and restoration and redemption. This is good news. Let's pray together. So Father, today uh, we hear your words. They're challenging to us as we think about what we're cultivating within us. There are some of us who have been cultivating sinful desires. We need to own this. We need to confess this. We need to take action. Maybe it's cutting off hands, gouging out kind of action, run away kind of action, extreme things in order to to keep these temptations in, in, in check in order for us to find freedom. And so, Lord, would you give us courage to take some steps towards freedom? For others of us, we need to take action to to run towards you, to be in your presence, to develop a new kind of appetite, new cravings in our life, one that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, would you you challenge us, encourage us to lean in towards the work of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit, the relationship that we have with you, not to neglect this for just Sundays, but but to lean into what you have because it is in time with you that our lives, our hearts, our minds, our appetites really start to change. And so God, today we give you thanks. We give you thanks. No matter where we've been, how we've struggled, what we've done or haven't done, Lord, we know that there is grace and there's mercy always available to us. Now we come before you. We ask you for forgiveness. We know that through your son, Jesus, we always find mercy and grace. It's in the name of Jesus we pray today. Amen. Thanks for being with us in worship today. I want to thank Stephanie for the announcements, the worship team for the music, and Pastor Spencer for the wonderful message. If you know someone that would benefit from this message, I invite you to share it on social media. And now, have a great week. I look forward to seeing you back here next week for week six of the Sermon on the Mount. me.
Cause I know no 